Hey listeners, it's Paul Andriola here. Why not join our community at Small Cap Discoveries where we offer our members direct access to some of the best microcap investment opportunities available. Our members are getting access to premium microcap financings, research reports, and direct access to management. Sign up today at www.smallcapdiscoveries.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Small Cap Discoveries conference call. Today on our call, we have the CFO, Dom Kaizik from Yangaroo Inc. Yangaroo trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol YOO and on the OTC under YOOIF. The company is currently trading at five and a half cents with roughly 62 million shares outstanding or about a three and a half million dollar market cap. I'd now like to hand it over to Paul Andriola. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Um, we were trying to figure out how long it's been since we've had somebody from Yangaroo talk to us, and we think it's about two years. So clearly, uh, we're due for an update. So Dom, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Dom, before we sort of get into the updates, why don't you uh, remind us all what Yangaroo is all about, and then I'll just let you flow into your presentation however you want to. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Trevor. Uh, <clears throat> Yangaroo is a, a cloud-based platform. Um, essentially, it's a, a workflow for digital asset management. Uh, with three pillars. We have an award side of the business, music side of the business, and then finally our biggest is the advertising workflow. Perfect. Um... So yeah, you've got you brought a presentation with you. Why don't you just yeah? Why don't I, uh, why don't I jump, jump in? On, and jump I'll, onto uh, it. You bet. Perfect. So our mission is uh, to be the platform of choice for the advertising, music, and award show uh, businesses. We're primarily a B two B company, although we do have some direct to consumer exposure as well on the uh, music side of the business. Uh, on the music side, um, we have um, it's our it's our it's our uh, second biggest. Uh, 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 division, uh, approximately $1.8 million in 2021. Uh, these are all U.S. dollar figures. We, uh, as of this year, we are a functional U.S. dollar uh, a reporting company. 80% uh, of our business on the music side is recurring uh, revenue, so you know, traditional SaaS. And then 20% is what we call pass or uh, platform as a service, so variable but still recurring customers. Uh, the advertising column that you see in the middle is our biggest uh, uh, division in the company. Uh, approximately uh, 2021 revenue was $6.4 million. Uh, conversely, here in the advertising side of the business, 90% is pass. It's recurring, but it is variable uh, customers. And then 10% is SaaS or your traditional fixed recurring uh, sales. Finally, on the word side, uh, smallest of our three divisions, approximately $1.5 million in 2021. And 100% is SaaS or fixed recurring long-term contracts. Um, on the advertising side, what we do essentially is uh, we're a media asset delivery platform. So uh, advertisers uh, use our platform, they log in and they deliver their content to linear TV, uh, connected TV, CTV, social and digital destinations. Uh, they log in whenever they want, they pay a fee, a variable fee when they do log in and do deliver with us. And then on top of that, we have a whole bunch of services uh, all in the platform and as well manually done, uh, the production services, clearance, watermarking, uh, measurement, and uh, dashboard uh, information. Uh, something new we're really investing this year is analytics. Um, what we're essentially trying to do is provide audit back information to the advertisers 
through analytic means on the dashboard. And we're seeing some pretty good traction there on this side of the business. So essentially, um, if you're a linear or digital or CTV advertiser, you want to see more bang for your buck or ROI. You want to see how that's getting returned. Um, this tool provides you the analytics and the audit capabilities uh, for your uh, ads. We also do some uh, ad serving with a partner of ours called Innovid. Um, in terms of our second biggest division, music, uh, which was what the core of the company was founded on back in the uh, mid 2000s, um, essentially the same technology platform, same architecture, but it serves the music division uh, or music industries. Um, companies log in, consumers, uh, big labels use our platform, our architecture to deliver their promotional music to traditional linear radio stations. Um, and they do that, you know, on a monthly recurring basis, but it also also variable. And we do have a component that's fixed and that's primarily with the uh, big music labels. Uh, so some of the services that we provide is, as you can see here, delivery, metadata, watermarking, post-production services, and measurement as well. And then finally, on the award side of the business, um, essentially we are the backend architecture for most of the biggest award shows, entertainment award shows in North America. Uh, so some of the big award shows that we have are the Tonys, the Emmys, uh, the Junos, the Golden Globes. We pretty much power um, all of the big uh, award shows except for the Oscars using the same architecture and same technology that powers our music and advertising divisions. Um, some of these features that we offer in the unique tool is a uh, way to submit nominations, support services, voting and balloting, uh, auditor collaboration, and then the confirmation of the award results. Um, overall strategy, look, we, uh, we have a disciplined growth approach. We invest in our technology and our people. <clears throat> we have a goal of sustaining 50% annual organic growth, um, including, of course, any COVID-related volatility, which we saw over the past two years. And we have a proven business model. We uh, focus on managing our cost, generating EBITDA, uh, leveraging our balance sheet, uh, we, we did a significant acquisition uh, last year out of New York, and we had a term loan facility of about $2.8 million with the National Bank of Canada, and we also have a revolving <coughs> loan facility uh, in place with the National of about $1.5 million. Some highlights, <coughs> uh, 2020 adjusted EBITDA of $2 million, uh, 2020, 2021 EBITDA of $0.8 million. We had uh, the first pretty significant acquisition in corporate history last year in May of 2021. Um, so our, our, our strategy really is first fold is organic growth is uh, really coming after uh, after customers and advertising and music. And then we will also look at acquisition strategies. So tucking opportunities with immediate revenue and cash flow generating impact. Uh, same time, we're always investing into our technology. So we have some pretty significant dollars going into our uh, software development um, initiatives. And then we have strong bank banking relationships. So we, have, like I mentioned, we have a $2.8 million term facility uh, and then a $1.5 million revolver. Quick glance at our balance sheet structure, capital structure uh, as of March 31st, uh, cash of just under 1 million. Uh, we were a little bit underwater on our working capital because we were offside on our <clears throat> term loan facility. Uh, but we're, uh, we're, we're happy to report that we're going to be in a position to amend that agreement and get back on side. So that working capital is going to flip over uh, in Q3 or Q4. 
Um, like uh, Paul said, we have 62 million in shares outstanding. Uh, of course, we have some options and RSUs as well. And then in terms of the shareholder breakdown, we, we have some pretty big institutions, uh, primarily um, out of New York, uh, some big insider uh, ownership as well on the management and board level. And then finally, uh, we have some pretty big significant retail investors um, throughout a long public tenure. This is our uh, executive team, uh, grants uh, primarily coming out of the advertising space. Uh, Rich Closa has been our CTO for a very long time and uh, significant experience in building the architecture of our, of our company. And then we have uh, Adam Hunt, who's the SVP primarily of the music and awards divisions. Uh, three independent board members, all with significant uh, holdings. And then we have our CEO grant on the board as well. And uh, that is it. Perfect. Um, we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, let me just dive into a couple things here. Um, uh, the uh, you know change in CEO. Uh, when we when we start off with that, um, when did it happen, and what can you tell us about the new CEO and then sort of the expectations uh, for him? So it's going to be about approximately 24 months uh, as of November. So two years into uh, Grant's tenure. Um, um, a CEO, uh, Grant Trump. he was our uh, uh, president of our advertising division uh, prior to that. So he's been with the company uh, for just over five years now. Um, really the, uh, the change was to align ourselves with the, uh, the really division uh, that had the highest growth and the highest revenue potential that we saw at that point in time. Um, so back in November of 2020, uh, we made some significant changes to the board as well as changes to uh, the CEO. Uh, and that really put us on a trajectory of growth. Um, last year, uh, on the back of the new CEO, we had a significant acquisition in New York, um, which really doubled our, um, our advertising revenue in that division. Um, we're also looking at other tucking and organic uh, opportunities going forward, but really the uh, the focus was uh, uh, the advertising space, uh, the ad tech component of our of our company, uh, as we feel that's really where the most the highest addressable market is and the highest potential for a free anger. So yeah, that sort of leads into my other question: is um, of the sort of the three divisions you have, I assume that the advertising is where you're going to focus the most uh, sort of resources. Um, I, I would expect it's probably got the biggest you know total addressable market. But maybe, maybe explain that. Am I wrong or am I right? Uh, oh, Paul, you're, you're absolutely right. That's right. Um, on the radio and the ward side, we do not see a significant growth potential um, mm. outside of Canada and the United States. However, on the uh, uh, advertising side, you know we're uh, we're a small fish in a in a really big, significant uh, sea. Uh, some of our biggest competitors, for example, Extreme Reach, uh, they're, they're probably ten times big in terms of annual overhead or annual uh, sales. And we really are the third biggest player in that industry. So we see a lot of significant growth potential, um, both just from acquiring uh, books of businesses, but also developing the technology and organically acquiring those customers. Mm -hmm. Maybe explain a little bit more um, sort of granularly what on the advertising side, what do you do? Now, I know you sort of package media up and you deliver it. Um, sort of in a secure fashion, you're able to measure how many times it's broadcast or how many times it's it's used. Maybe give us a little bit more detail around the, the, the Yeah, technology. no, no problem. So traditionally, um, uh, consumer brands uh, would, if for example, you're uh, General Motors and you want to put your 30-second uh, spot on uh, Monday Night Football, as an example. 
Traditionally, uh, back in the day, you would have to send a CD, DVD, or maybe VHS tape back in the day, or potentially log into some kind of server uh, on the broadcaster side and physically upload that file and make sure that uh, you know it's it's communicated and the file's up and you're able to air it. So our platform does all those services in an automated fa fashion. Um, that same advertiser would log into our platform. Uh, they would upload the spot. They would click when and where they want to have it delivered to. So if they want to have it delivered to ESPN Monday Football, uh, let's say uh, you know, September uh, 19th, our software would actually physically verify the delivery of that in, of that ad into the server. Uh, and then on top of that, we have other white glove services. So we can do quality control, quality assurance of that spot. We can do post-production uh, services, for example, closed captioning. And then there's other components that we're trying to introduce, which we're rolling out pretty successfully, um, the analytics data, which is the post-delivery uh, items. Gotcha. Um, now I, I saw that the the advertising revenue is actually lower this this um, this quarter over the same period last year. Maybe give us a sense of the I guess the state of the industry, uh, or more specifically, what what was the cause of the drop in revenues? Absolutely, Paul. Um, what we've seen, uh, especially uh, early this year in January and February of this year, is we saw a pretty significant drop off in volumes on the advertising front. Um, and what we what we found out through you know, uh, discussing with our customers, discussing with competitors and industry, is that this is a result of uh, a consumer brand, uh, essentially recessionary spend in marketing dollars. Um, what, we, what we think is this is primarily attributed to is uh, number one, is a supply chain crunch. So uh, past two years, as inventories were going down, a lot of the consumer brands with inventories just had nothing to sell. So they had nothing to sell in store. You know, if you're, you know, if you're a GM or a Toyota and you have nothing to sell, you're not going to uh, heavily market those products. So that was number one. And then number two, we think it was macroeconomic uh, effects. We think uh, a lot of a lot of companies were uh, foreshadowing a um, uh, recessionary impact. And of course, when that happens, the first thing they cut is their marketing budgets. So I like to say that we were uh, kind of a canary in the coal mine. Uh, we were the first to feel those recessionary impacts, the marketing spends. Now, we have seen that bottom out uh, as of uh, Q2 into, into Q3 the summer months. So we think that's bottom has hit, and we are forecasting a, uh, uh, an increase back to kind of pre-recessionary spend dollars. And then, you know, finally, just want to point out that we, we had suffered no uh, customer losses. This is all primarily volume. And then all of our competitors also had the same impact in terms of uh, dollar drop-offs. So it was more of a volume issue rather than a customer loss issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, understood, understood. Um, what, why don't we touch on one other thing, um, the, the breach of covenant uh, on the debt. Um, maybe, maybe give us an update there and how you see that uh, resolving itself. Yeah, look, our, uh, our our senior lender is uh, really a great partner with us. Um, they really helped us out with um, uh, securing the, the acquisition last year. Um, and it really ties into what we were just mentioning in terms of our advertising dollar drop-off. Um, our covenants were, we, we became offset on our covenants as a result of the significant volume drop-off in advertising. Now, uh, we've addressed that. We've had a pretty big significant restructuring in Q1 and Q2. Uh, as an example, we went from just under under 100 hit count to just over 60 as of today. Um, so we've saved some significant dollars in our GNA and in our labor costs. 
Um, and we're also seeing a, a bottom off and if not a small back gradual increase in our volume. So look, our, uh, our financial partners, our bank uh, has, has is, is, is seen that, they wanna work with us and are, uh, have indicated that they're willing to amend this agreement. And uh, we're hopeful that we can uh, announce something over the next uh, month, if not prior to a uh, quarter. Perfect. Um, and, and just other challenges you guys are facing. What what else can you tell us? You know, sort of what keeps you up at night? I know you're the CFO, so it's probably more financial related. But just in general, um, what what kind of challenges does the business face that we haven't addressed here? You know, um, our, one of our biggest challenges is software development costs. As, uh, as everybody may know, uh, engineer and software uh, people um, have really their, their salaries have really skyrocketed. So for us, keeping quality staff and making sure our bottom line is healthy uh, is, is a challenge. You know, certain ways that we do that is um, number one, we we we're primarily um, our, our at least our um, uh, our software development team is primarily based out of Toronto, where we think salaries and costs are still relatively low, especially compared to the U.S. So we have that competitive advantage where we have we secure good talent uh, at a below market rate. Uh, being based out of Toronto. And then we focus our sales and marketing and business development strategies into the U.S. So that, that, that definitely helps um, kind of uh, on the cost side of the equation. Um, you know, macroeconomics, of, of course, is uh, kind of, uh, you know, concerns us all always, right? The interest rate environment, um, what impact that will have on our cu customers and our consumers. Um, you know, that's that's kind of how we think about the day to day. Um, where and, and how we how we address that is just being very conservative. So we have uh, you know internally we we, have, we develop very conservative uh, financials, uh, forecasted revenue, and we model our costs you know around those very conservative forecasts. So uh, we, um, we we you know we're, we're we're very conservative in terms of uh, trying to generate EBITDA on a quarterly basis, and um, you know we're, we're we're trying to get to that goal by end of Q4 this year into uh, 2023. Uh, I mean, looking forward, um, you know, what, what sort of new products or services or new initiatives? What, what do you what What are you excited about? Like, what, uh, what does this look uh, like going forward? We're, uh, we're we're investing heavily into analytics. Uh, we believe data um, and and being able to drive that data back into uh, our consumers is is really what's going to drive value for us. Um, you know, we feel like our core advertising business, the delivery uh, side of the business, is uh, essentially commoditized at this point. Um, there's three three primary tech companies that do what we do, but it's uh, where you know, from a competitor perspective, we feel like the differentiator will really be the analytics portion. So we're we're heavily involved on the analytics side, and we've been pushing um, some significant significant investment into that, and we're seeing some very uh, very promising uh, early results. Um, and, and, and consumer brands and customers that are really liking the product. Mm -hmm. I, I got a question that came in from one of the viewers here. Um, I'll just ask it right off here. Could you please speak to if you are able to achieve organic growth in the digital media services since acquisition? You know, we've, uh, in terms of the DMS acquisition, mm -hmm. uh, so, so the answer would be no. Our volumes um, in advertising have dropped off across the entire um, uh, advertising sphere. So in terms of uh, acquiring customers, new customers, yes. 
Unfortunately, on the aggregate, when you include volumes, our dollars have just dropped off um, across the board in, in terms of the advertising space. And we're seeing that across the entire industry and our competitors. So the answer is kind of yes and no. We have uh, acquired new customers organically, but unfortunately, across the board, volumes have dropped off uh, primarily due to those macroeconomic reasons. Mm -hmm. now, earlier, you touched on, you know, you, you've made an acquisition, uh, you're looking at other acquisitions, but you've tried, uh, can you give us more specifics around sort of where you want to take this? Is this a technology um, sort of acquisition you're looking for? Is it more really trying to buy customers relationships? What, what can you tell us? On a, on a future basis or the historic? Sure, yeah, future, looking forward, yeah. Yeah, look, we're, we're opportunistic. Um, we feel that there's opportunities, uh, especially in this market with a lot of companies struggling, uh, where we can acquire uh, customer books or books of customers for a cheap basis. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, we feel like if there's a good opportunity to acquire technology you know, at the right price, absolutely. Uh, so really, it's a case by case basis, um, and it's it's based on the right valuation, and of course, uh, you know, based uh, on our on our financial position as well. Now, um, as investors, what uh, what do you think? Uh, or the call it the catalysts or milestones that we should be paying attention to, or even sort of internal metrics. Um, you know, revenue is always easy. If your revenue is going up, then you know we know something's going on. But is there anything else we should be watching for to to determine how how well you guys are progressing? Yeah. So internally um, and externally, what we what we really focus on is our adjusted EBITDA and our adjusted EBITDA percentage margins. Um, we really like to uh, maintain a healthy uh, EBITDA margin on a go-forward basis. Um, we're also looking to introduce new KPIs. So internally, we do look at uh, volumes of usage in our platform, and that's something that we want to introduce to the market. Uh, and I feel like we'll be in a, in a, in a position to do that in 2023. Fantastic. Um, and just last sort of, not even a question, but um, what, what, what do you want to make sure everybody walks away with today? What's the key message that... You want all these investors or potential investors to know about the business right now? I think, um, you know, as a, as a valuation kind of guy, I think we're uh, tremendously undervalued. Um, five and a half cents with our debt. I think our EV, we're, we're chaining a one-time annualized revenue. Um, you know, it's, it's, we, we're, we went through a, a pretty tough uh, first half of 2020, uh, 2022, but uh, we feel like we've bottomed out and um, we'll be able to... Uh, to, to really significantly improve on those financials coming into a uh, second half of 2022 and into 2023. Um, yeah, so look, we're, uh, we went through a pretty significant transition uh, last year with our uh, first ever acquisition. We uh, were really maturing as a, as a corporate entity. And, um, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're, I feel like this was a, a big milestone last year. Uh, unfortunately, some of the macro events that are really uh, happening in the world did not go in our favor, but um, I feel like We've, we feel as a management team that it'll uh, improve significantly into 2023. Fantastic. Well, um, it was two years since we last spoke with you guys. Uh, hopefully we don't have to wait another two years to, to get uh, caught up again. But uh, Dom, I uh, really want to thank you for joining us. We, we've been speaking to Dom Kaizek, uh, CFO of Yangaroo, symbols YOO on the Venture Exchange. Um, if you got any other questions uh, that we kind of missed here, feel free to uh, let us know or you can contact the company directly. Dom, what's the best way somebody can reach you guys? Really, it's, uh, it's my email. Uh, if anybody looks on, my, on our press releases, my email and name's at the bottom. It's dom.kaizek at yangaroo.com. Perfect. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, Dom, for joining us today and I uh, hope to catch up with you guys soon. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Trevor, and thanks, everybody.